How is your guys's March Madness brackets? Bust. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't remember who I picked for my Final Four besides Gonzaga. I assume Gonzaga's lost. Are they still in? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My bracket got busted like really, really early on because Georgetown lost. And I, <laughs> I was like, look- how that's what busted your bracket. I know. I, so I was looking at this. I was looking at this the other day, and it was like there's so many upsets, right? Like there's been so many upsets this year, and it's been great. And but the one team that didn't upset was Georgetown. Like, and I was like, man, like I, I don't know. They were a good story. Heard about about them going in. Obviously, don't watch. Don't know what's going on. Didn't even know March Madness was like happening until Hope they sent the link for the bracket. I was like, oh shit, I gotta make a bracket. Open wide for some soccer. But yeah, not looking good. March Madness, like, like it's fun. It's the same reason why we like the World Cup is like anything can happen in a, in a single elimination. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll see the same thing uh, in in the World Cup. But um, yeah, man, like first round March Madness was stupid. Like Oral Roberts, I don't even know where Oral Roberts is. Uh, I know that Oral Roberts asked for asked to get verified on Twitter after they after they won their match, but obviously, but they weren't going to get verified on Twitter because their their Twitter account holder, I don't know, months or or years ago, uh, denied verifying someone or denied something be- on the grounds of not supporting LGBTQ plus oh, no. <laughs> rights or something like that. So, I mean, they were never going to get it with them. Uh, like North Texas, not Eastern Washington, but man, like Abilene Christian, Abilene Christian. Hey, okay. So I didn't pick Abilene Christian in my March Madness bracket, but I knew going in that they had the best defense in the country. Like oh, not yeah. not in their conference, which is the Southland Conference, which I've never heard of before in my life. <laughs> but like the best. So when you see that kind of number, you're like, ah, like, you know, they play in a shit conference. Of course they play. Of course they only allow 80 or was it like 40, 48 points a game or something like that. Right. It's just like. Who would have thought that would carry over into the actual tournament? Seriously. <laughs> running, it turns out running and stamina maintain regardless Helps. of who you're playing. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah. I just checked my bracket and two of my final four teams are already out, including one of my finalists. So hasn't been a great start. It's pretty much over for you. I'm holding on to second place behind Hope right now, but... It- it was my own fault, uh, not not picking Loyola. Like I, I, I knew everyone was on that train, and I feel like that's what turned me away from it. I'm like, they're not yeah. gonna beat Illinois, but also in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, oh, fuck, Sister G, man. <laughs> oh, is she the one that they're carrying around to her? Yeah, she's for, like their out famous of fan. Great she, danger. She was born in 1911. Oh my god, she's god. lived through two pandemics. There you go. Maybe why do we not listen to her? We got to get what Sister Jean's got. Keep us going. I mean, yeah, she, she's just gonna say Jesus, but there's something more there. There's gotta be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what she didn't get? Spanish flu or hopefully COVID. Fuck. Um, but yeah, I, my my one big final four reach was Q's, and they're still they're still alive somehow. Have them going to the final four somehow. I don't know why. Again, don't know why. Just took pick things based on 
that's a good thing. Like, that's why I like March Madness because it's kind of like our random predictions. It's like, I'm just going to pick based on nothing. <laughs> like, no research. <laughs> just yeah. pick things because it's just out the window. Like, so Kansas. Can- I don't know if you guys watched last night's, but Kansas, Kansas got destroyed by USC. Easy choice, that one, though. USC was always going to win. Nice. Kansas, yeah, athletic, know. not efficient enough. USC, they're just so big. All they do is score in the paint. Yeah. Um, this is a soccer broadcast, though, right? The Mobleys, man. <laughs> okay, this is a soccer I podcast, mean, and it's occasionally a video game podcast. And I have two video game-related questions for Conlon. The first is, how do you feel about getting thrashed by Richard 15-1 in FIFA, apparently? I plead the fifth. <laughs> this is Canada. So. Not, nothing to say. Nothing to say. Nothing. What exactly happened? Can you, uh, can you take nothing. us through this? Sorry, um, that? Can you take us through it? So I'm going to run. I'm going to run through it for you because I played Conlon plenty. So what happened was probably Conlon went down one goal early, switched to attacking, went down two goals, switched to ultra attacking, (laughs) went down three goals, pushed the defender up, subbed on a striker, and he just thought that he could get all the goals back before even the halftime whistle. (laughs) And from there, just spiraled. We've seen this before. I mean, Colin's I not bad at FIFA. He's just out. bad at controlling his emotions during FIFA. It wasn't... I don't know. I blame PSG's overpaid players. It's their fault, <laughs> not mine. How many goals did Erling Haaland score against against you? I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> more, more, than, more than I scored overall, <laughs> I'd say. Who How many scored s- your lone goal? I don't remember. Probably. I, I honestly don't remember. I'll just say Mbappe. It was, uh, it was an own really, is what he's saying. Could have been anyone. Otherwise. Maybe it was Ander Herrera. I can oh. see me trying to like run him just through the middle. So. Not pass the ball. Another video game related question. Hopefully this one will be much happier. Yeah. You finished Persona 5. For the it first shocking time. time. In a shocking, yeah, in amount, a shocking of amount of time, yes. I, I didn't have a lot to do the last few weeks, at least in the evening. So, yeah, that was pretty much... It's sort of... There was there was a brief soccer reference in there. At one point, they asked you, it's like, oh, what do you prefer, soccer or baseball? It's like, well, not baseball, that's for sure. <laughs> so, just Although I will say, in. I will say, uh, doing the batting cage is pretty fun in Persona 5. I'm rubbish at that. Like, it would just... I couldn't get any lift on it at all. And I was like, well, I'm just going to make lock picks to level up my proficiency instead. Because the, the batting cage is getting me nowhere fast. Dude, you got to drink like the twice. smoothies on Sundays. What's I did. Wrong with you? I, I was, I know I would plan for the first half of the game. Cause I knew you needed like max charm to like max out a confidant that I wanted to max out. Mm-hmm. And so I would basically it's like, oh, like so-and-so wants to hang out on this like a Monday or Thursday night. It's like, sorry, bathhouse. It's like, I'm going to the bathhouse. <laughs> Nobody can tell me to do yeah. anything different. It's like, oh, should we send the calling card today? It's like, no, bathhouse no. day. <laughs> like, can't do anything else. Like, we'll get back to it on Friday. But then I would need to make sure I could get to the smoothie place as well on Sunday. I was always really annoyed whenever a story thing would happen and it would like take out my Sunday and I just wouldn't be able to do anything. That's what I ended up doing after the first couple after the first couple of palaces. I realized that like um, 
the palaces themselves aren't super long. Yeah. So after realizing that, I just dedicated so much, like, well, you get 30 days or something like that. Yeah. You get yeah. 30 days. So you like, you get to the play, you get to the, the, the treasure as fast as you can. And then they ha- you have that span of time to send the calling card and then you just do whatever you want unrelated <laughs> yeah. to, Hey, are we going to, are we going to take down this, you know, child abuser? <sighs> nah. I got to go study. It's raining. <laughs> if you had to choose, not that they get to choose in the game, but if you had to choose a soccer player, that would be your persona. Who would you choose? Ooh. I already know who's mine. That is a Diego great Costa. <laughs> Diego Costa is my persona. How do they get them? They just like, uh, I don't know. They get angry and they rip a mask off their face. Yeah. But then it just turns out to yeah. be Diego Costa going... oh man that is a great question Um, i feel like you need some sort of emotional player because the whole thing is like oh you discover your self or something so i'll I'll take the cop-out answer and say wayne rooney where's his heart on his sleeve that one great question i haven't had any time to think about this so i'm gonna go off the cuff i'm italian so i guess my persona would have to be italian and yeah, I mean, you mentioned like they rip off a mask and then they get angry because something happens. So I, I'd probably have to go with probably Gattuso just because he's, you know, the most fiery, the most fiery Italian or or like, I don't know, Zidane, I feel like would be a pretty not that he's he's not Italian, but he'd be a pretty good persona because he's, uh, you know, he's he's. He's fiery too, and he defends his teammates. He defends his family's honor. Um, he's a good, great tactician. So he'd be he'd be able to lead the the party in, in combat. Uh, he'd be able to manage the egos of guys like Ryuji and uh, Yusuke. Uh, he'd be and uh, he'd be able to ensure the the bench players that uh, they'd get in at some point. Don't the personas uh, just listen to the person though? They don't do all that shit. <laughs> they just point and shoot. Well, it depends. It depends. Do you play on coaching mode or or auto or auto uh, auto orders? I don't know. It depends if I'm level grinding or if I'm actually playing the game. It's gonna be really sad when you have to start sacrificing your personas. It's like, oh, sorry, Diego Costa. I need to turn you into like this amorphous blob or something. Uh, sorry, Diego Costa. You're just not leveling up fast enough. I'm going to have to merge you with Ramirez uh, to become uh, Joey Barton. <laughs> Welcome to Soccer Group Chat. Adrian is away today uh, filming a... He said... What did he say he was filming? A documentary? Battle of Hastings docudrama? Oh, yeah. A docudrama, yeah. He is He's filming a biopic on the island of Gibraltar as an instructional video for people like me who don't know what gibraltar is or where it is or what type of landmass it is um but first things first we're going to go through some rapid fire topics where we just pick one thing to talk about and we talk about it so who wants to start hope are you yeah why not why not let's start with me because this was incredibly exciting for me not because of well first off it I want to bring up Canada soccer because they named their provisional 22 man squad for their world cup qualifying games. And what was exciting to me wasn't exactly the, wasn't exactly the squad itself. uh, But the fact that John Herdman actually came out and said that Alfonso Davies will be playing as a forward 
when he when he plays for during these qualifying matches. I say he's gonna take it game by game. Um, but all I could think of was that horrendous match in what was it, 2019, 2020, that Colin and I watched between Canada and the United States, yeah. where Herdman saw Bayern Munich, and this was only what, like four weeks into Davies being being a full-time left back at Munich, playing Davies at fullback for Canada against the United States after winning a very like a very well-controlled match against the United States a couple months prior. And Canada had nothing going forward. And all, all the positives that they had in their initial win went away when he went with Davies as a fullback. So I'm happy to see that Davies uh, is going to continue in a forward role. Um, there's some names missing from this squad that I would have liked to see, like Scott Arfield uh, won't be with the team, probably because he's still drunk, partying with Rangers uh, about their victory. And uh, Toronto FC's Jonathan Osorio, who I think is a good energy player uh, in the midfield. Uh, but, I mean, you know, uh, due to the circumstances, players will come and go. Just because this this group is playing in the qualifiers now doesn't mean that when they make the World Cup, and they will make the World Cup, um, that they won't be in the team in the future. So, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to see that uh, Canada Canada men's soccer is uh, is going for it. And Atiba Hutchinson is immortal. He's still playing. He is now. Oh my god! <laughs> he he retired from the team. I feel like two years ago, uh, but now we have a chance to World Cup, and he's like, "Well, I'm still playing 80 minutes a, a night at Besiktas." So <laughs> I, I thought he playing. retired from Besiktas too initially. Oh, what he's a guy. driving that bus. Conlon, over to you. Yeah, I'll sticking in Concacaf. Like uh, the U.S. doesn't really have any major games coming up. It's two friendlies against I think Jamaica and Northern Ireland. But like I, I think it's been great to see over the last season or two just how many young Americans are coming through. Both kind of both dual, dual nationals that maybe grew up in Europe and switched allegiances to U.S. and more homegrown U.S. players that are going over to Europe at a young age. Or even like uh, Daryl Dyke starting in the MLS, getting loaned to Barnsley, scored five goals in 10 games, I think. And they've been unbeaten since he joined. Uh, the stats might have changed slightly now. I'm not sure how he did last weekend. But it's just, I don't know if we're actually going to have a chance to see all these, all the best young U.S. players play together until possibly 2022. I, I don't think Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney, Christian Pilisic, I don't know if they've ever actually played together it's like in this case they're all called up and then mckinney had to pull out due to injury and for this half the players are leaving after the first game so it's it's just been such a disjointed really eight years like really since not failing to qualify for the last world cup it's been just kind of all over the place but it seems like all the pieces are there even if maybe pulisic's not getting enough game time it's like he's still the best player on the team, I'd say. So all the pieces are there. It's just I've been, I watched all their games. And I still have no idea how good this team actually is because I never really see any of them, never really see them all play together. So I'm looking forward to finally seeing what that'll be this time next year, maybe at this rate. But yeah, I, don't know, I think it's exciting, exciting times for U.S. fans, just not for watching the actual team itself. It's just been friendlies and nations, CONCACAF Nations League, and just kind of almost cut a lot of nothing games with not the full team for so long. But I think I'm 
speak for most fans when I say I'm still really excited to see where they're going from here. Nice. Uh, and last and certainly least, uh, sticking with the international, since this is a, an international edition of uh, soccer group chat, uh, two things stuck out to me over the past week, weekend, past few days, and they both have to do with uh, online gaffes, if you will. Uh, the first one, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but I kind of laughed when uh, Eric Maxim Chupa Moting, uh, the best striker in the world, uh, and the re- clearly the reason why Conlon picked PSG in FIFA uh, in the game that he got thrashed 15-1 by Richard in. Uh, missed his call up to uh, he missed his call up to the international Cameroonian international side because the federation sent an email to themselves instead of him uh, which I think is something that you know in this world of uh, online communication something we can all relate to Uh, I don't know about you guys but BCC and reply all those things uh, are just very very confusing uh, difficult to operate so I totally sympathize and the other thing, I don't know if it's considered a gaff or just laziness or just downright shamefulness. I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but Spain's uh, soccer federation, the RFEF, uh, released a new logo on Tuesday. If it's possible, uh, it looks worse than our logo. It looks like they took a page out of Soccer Group Chat's book and didn't hire a graphic designer. Uh, the only two difference between differences between the RFEF and Soccer Group Chat podcast is that the RFEF has millions of dollars at their disposal, and we have exactly zero. So if you haven't seen the logo, check it out. It's literally a red circle uh, with the letters RFEF emblazoned inside it uh, in blocky white writing. And to make matters worse, their, their old logo was a nice... A nice lo- real logo that was unique and looked like a flag that was kind of a quilt sewn together. It was really cool, and it, they used an Italian painter to design it. Uh, and I don't know. I guess they painter? <laughs> no, so it was an Italian painter. No way. Reading. Yeah, they, yeah, and and they. So I guess they. Maybe followed that's why they this, changed it. I guess yeah. they followed the the Juve model and like this weird world we're in where. Apparently, modern logos are better, even though there's nothing unique about it. They went to logomaker.net and designed a logo from there. Anyway, that was my rapid rapid fire stuff. That's a rapid fire. Um, and guys, like since this is an international break, uh, since there's no really there's no league games going on, um, I guess we could focus on international football. And I wanted to just kind of open the floor and ask you guys, like, given the circumstances of the world right now and, and where we are with COVID-19 and everything. Do you guys even think that we should be having internationals? Absolutely not. There's already issues regarding regarding health and safety for the COVID-19 pandemic amongst all sporting federations, all all levels of play. Sure, the English well, the English Premier League, all the major leagues in Europe are are doing their best. Um, but to say for FIFA to say in the middle that there's going to be qualifying at this time when players are still being held out because they're catching catching COVID-19 or for contact tracing purposes um, in the middle of their own season. And now you want them to leave their borders uh, and go play in whatever country they're from or neutral sites, wherever it might be. It is just ridiculous. And I, I touched on the Canadian men's national team um, and Alfonso Davies, but the other, the other young Canadian rising star, Jonathan David at Lille, uh, 
he's not with the team because France doesn't want players leaving because for 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 the same reason of COVID-19 prevention for quarantine purposes. Um, so it's just inconsistent. Um, I don't like it. Um, but you know, I guess you know you have to recoup your money and you have to you have to act as if uh, the World Cup next year or no, sorry, 2022. Oh, next year. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> still happening. Um, whether or not be to the detriment of the players, the staff, or people involved. And even outside of COVID, it's like, is there, do players really need more games on the schedule right now? Like, I remember there were almost as many sort of players coming back with pulled muscles from last international break as there were COVID issues. Just because they're playing week in, week out, and then, nope, you don't get a break. You're going to go play three qualifiers. Your last time it was Nations League. Like, at least these are qualifiers, but I, don't know, I, I think they should have done that. They had, I think, four Euro qualifying playoffs that they didn't fall. Those are maybe the only qualifiers or the only games I think you can make a point for having to play over the course of this whole season. Like, really, they couldn't just push these back to like after the summer, at least. Like, I don't know, it just seems especially when it's like friendlies and you look at the U S team, half the team has asterisks next to their name about we'll leave the team after the first game. Cause they can't go to wherever we're playing Northern Ireland. So like, I think way from who's also in the French league has to leave along with again, a bunch of others. I don't hate internationals. I never look forward to the international break. Like I love the tournaments, but yeah, like I'll watch internationals, but there's really no reason they should be doing it this time. Colin, when you, I just want to, I want to ask you something because you said, you know, should there even like, there's too many games and it's, and it's hurting players. And I understand that entirely because Christian Pulisic, you know, you'd think he might get a break uh, a little while, but you know, he gets injured, he heals up, he goes on international break and he comes back injured and et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that like, obviously, obviously nations, so or the the national football federations operate separately from the clubs um but like, do you think it's unfair that like these players like that these nations don't manage their players better they're like they don't really doesn't seem like they take into account um the players who and their performances with the club and their health moving forward because the national team is seen as such such a grand opportunity yeah, I mean, I think they know often, more often than not, the players are going to want to play. For, they're not going to want to refuse a national team call-up, even if they may be, or maybe that, that's not really the right way to put it. I think the players know that refusing a call-up, even if it's for the right reasons, whether you think you might have injuries, like that could hurt you in the long run. It's like, okay, you're out this time. I don't know if you're going to get called next time. It's like, for example, Anthony Marshall, who has, let's so put it, lightly not been having a great season and just came off an injury. He got called up by France. So on one hand, it's like good for him. Cause I guess this means maybe there's a path for euros, but like, should he be really playing another game? Should he be playing multiple games of France right now? Even outside of his performances, it's like, this is just, he's just coming off injury. He's going to get hurt. And then we're going to be short of options again. It's just, so yeah, I, I do think the national teams will just, they think, well, we can call up whoever because they're not going to turn us down unless, 
I mean, in certain cases that might happen, but right now with a tournament coming up, especially for the European squads, it's like they just can't afford to say no. Yeah, it does seem like they're like being held hostage by the opportunity sometimes. Um, and yeah, like I mean, for France, it's it's kind of silly because you're telling me you have no one else on left wing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, this is like it's not Jamaica. Like they need Leon Bailey to play, but like it's France. Yeah, I mean, I think he did perform well for France the last few games. Finishing was awful, but like last time, so you could see it as a reward for that. And I do kind of get the uh, sort of sort of semi-related to that. For a national team manager, I do kind of get the thing where you're all, everyone's always saying you should pick your team based on current form, which is true. Like you, you there's a lot of times they'll be just like, oh, like he's been not playing well the last few months. This guy's been killing it. Why did the same guy that always gets called up get called up? It's like, oh, when you only have four games in a year sometime especially this time i kind of get wanting to use the players that you know that you've actually spent some time with so it's it's like oh like why aren't why isn't this center back getting called up over mcguire or whoever but it's like mcguire's always in the team southgate knows what to expect from him also i think mcguire deserved to call up anyways like i'm not saying he's been fantastic like i think he's going to be in the team i just can't think of another example off the top of my head Stones, but yeah, I mean, St- Stones got called up again. Like he was Scott Dan, but I, I get, I get sort of having. Would you your... whisper there, Nick? <laughs> Scott Dan. Anyways, <laughs> I, I keep waiting for something to crack about Stones. Like I, I feel like there's no way someone is this bad for this many seasons, and all of a sudden he's a world beater again. Maybe it's just because I want City to fail. I'm just like watching every game. It's like, oh, he's just going to have a John Stones moment at some point and do something stupid. But he has been admittedly quite – I mean, having a reliable partner with him but has helped. But I just – I don't know. Like he, he couldn't even get in the team over a midfielder. Like He wasn't even on the bench for almost a season. I'm not convinced by John Stones yet, but that might just be wishful thinking on my part. So you guys brought up the 2022 World Cup, and it kind of got me thinking. So they were doing qualifying for this World Cup in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of a pandemic – uh, where they're sending guys all over the world during probably the worst possible time you could do it. And then there's all these issues surrounding the 2022 World Cup, whether it's be, it be the fact that it's even in Qatar, uh, all the stuff with the migrant workers. You know, there was a report that I think it was over 6,000 died building the stadiums. Uh, just the fact that Qatar's human rights record is not exactly uh, the best in the world. And the fact that we all know that it was bribery that landed the World Cup there in the first place. Not even to mention that the World Cup, because of where it is, because of you know the weather there and stuff, that they're making the World Cup be in December. Um, which is great for us because what better month to go uh, watch soccer on the patio with the boys uh, than December in Canada. Am I right? So I was just wondering like, what you guys thought about the 2022 World Cup in general because it's coming up pretty quick. And I was just wondering what you guys thought thoughts are on like is it going to be like a tainted tournament uh is there going to be an asterisk around it do you think it's going to be welcomed with the same fanfare or are we going to kind of look back on it and just wonder like why 
not to be like inelegant about it, but when you mentioned like, oh, it's in Qatar and there's they come up with, you know, there's some shocking human rights abuses and they're, and, you know, they they paid money for the World Cup to occur in Qatar. Um, oh, oh, like bribery was involved in FIFA awarding a country the World Cup again. It's like, so what? Like, oh, there's human rights abuses in the Middle East. Like, have you seen how the Middle East was built? Like, that's not like it's like it's not it's 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 bad. But like this is this is the stuff that's been happening for years. We can't we can't only put a magnifying glass on it because the World Cup is occurring. Like there has to be a magnifying glass on it at all times. That's the issue at hand. Not the fact that the World Cup is occurring. Should it be there? It is there. People can play People can play football wherever. Is it a, is a detriment for fans that, you know, you have to have the wealth of wealth of a Saudi oil sheik to, to make it there now? Yeah, it's a detriment to fans. But I mean, this has been in the in the cards for what, eight years, eight years ago, it was decided that it would be in Qatar. I think what's more worrying to me is that like. Remember when Qatar first came out and they said we're going to have boat taxis and air-conditioned stadiums and all this all this technology that'll be developed. I'm like I haven't heard anything about the facilities that they're going to have. Do you guys remember like the issues when the Winter Olympics were in Sochi and like the accommodations for athletes and so I'm like I'm I'm picturing like a similar thing. Like people are going to pinch their pennies during this pandemic in order to get the game in, in order to get the game going and it's going to hurt the players. So in, in, in that regard, like I, the world cup's going to happen. I don't know whether or not it should or it shouldn't, um, but it's not going to be the world cup that we want to see. It's not going to be, I think the best world cup in a while was South Africa. It's not going to be that. I mean, the fact that they basically bid on having a world cup using technology that doesn't exist yet. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, that's not going to happen. We need to like change the entire calendar around. It's like that. That's already, Outside of any of the other issues, that's already just like come on. I mean, but like if FIFA was going to change anything, they would have done it whenever when they had the big kind of cleaning house. Not not to say that got rid of corruption in FIFA. That would have been their chance to take a look back. But yeah, like Hope I mentioned, almost every I think even Germany bribed to get the World Cup. So the bribery angle, it's like everyone South Africa bribed. It was just because we didn't care because those ones. Like Germany made a lot of sense and South Africa went off really well. Even Russia for all its issues. Maybe I was just blinded by how good the games were in the last World Cup. But it's like, you, you when you think of the Russia World Cup, it's like, oh, like what a great World Cup. But there didn't really seem to be any, like organiz- many organizational issues at the time, I guess. Like despite sort of the issues you can have with Russia, like the Russian government in general. But that's a different don't want to get on a watch list or anything. So keep going through that. Um, Qatar couldn't count yeah. me different from any other Filipino they have working in Qatar right now. So it's no <laughs> issue. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, people people are going to watch all the games and I'm sure there'll be some really good games. It's just not going to be. Yeah, I mean, the fan experience will be not as good, obviously. And uh, there's... It's going to happen at this point, so I'm still going to watch it. I mean, it's the first, presumably the first chance to see the U.S. in a World Cup in eight years plus. 
could lose it in the winter. Could lose to Trinidad again. Oh yeah, like it's not not out of the woods yet. If you guys won the lottery to get tickets, would you go? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm jealous because I don't think I'm allowed. So I would have to live vicariously through you guys. Like I said, like if I went into Qatar, they might think I was one of the migrant workers. So I'd have to wear my most expensive clothes, stay out of the sun so I look as white as possible. Still wouldn't help. And I probably wouldn't be let out the country. But I'd still get to see the World Cup. It's just how Qatar is. Welcome to Random Predictions. As we said before, Adrian is away today, so I'm going to try to host this thing. Uh, Adrian normally picks a theme, and as I was going through, uh, I noticed that there's no league game. Well, there are league games, but since it's international edition, just decided to go with all international games. And uh, so the theme for this week is countries that Nick can't point out on a map. Uh, just to go over last week, there were some 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 big results last week. Everyone did pretty good, but nobody did as well as our very own Hope, who finished with nine points to lead the pack. Uh, guided largely by perfect score in the Villa Spurs game and in the Real de Minas versus UPNFM games. Nailed Told the scores you, in those. Acronyms. Acronyms. <laughs> Uh, and then finishing second last week was Conlin. Uh, so it's a good thing Conlin decided to appear on the podcast. He got eight points to bring his total up to 57, uh, which actually puts him in second in the overall table behind yours truly, who is leading the charges 63. So our updated standings, uh, I got 63 points. Conlin has 57 and Hope has 56. And then it goes descending order from there uh, with Adrian uh, holding down the final Champions League spot with 54 points. Um, So that's our updated table. Uh, So to start off this week, uh, we are going to uh, some African Cup of Nations qualifying. We have Eswatini versus Guinea-Bissau. Bissau? Bissau. I think it's it's Guinea-Bissau. Regardless... Uh, why don't we go Conlon and then Hope and then me? So Conlon, uh, kick us off with your score for Eswatini versus Guinea-Bissau. I, I'll be honest. I don't know where Eswatini is, so <laughs> I will pick uh, Guinea-Bissau to win 2-0. 2-0. All right. Hope? So I may be, I may be confusing. So I'm probably wrong because – now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I'm confusing Eswatini with Lesotho, which is, and I was going to say that Eswatini is a country that's landlocked within South Africa. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. But I do know that Eswatini uh, was formerly known as Swaziland before oh. its name was changed in 2018. Uh, main reason oh. being, uh, I wanted to get to know better uh, one of one of the coaches at the Raptors 905 and the Toronto Raptors, Jama Malalela of Eswatini and the UBC Thunderbirds. So with the immense power of Jama Malalela, Eswatini is winning 1-0. Wow. that I had no idea Jama was from there. That's amazing. 
Uh, good for good for the Raptors out of five. Good for Jamal Malalela. <laughs> Shout out. This is still a soccer podcast, by the way. <laughs> we both have Raptors 905 connections. So let's go. Uh, miss doing the broadcasts at the Paramount Fine Food Center. Hopefully we get that back next season or maybe even later this year, but I think it's done. So uh, anyway, es- I'm also going to pick Eswatini and they're going to take it 2-1. All right. Next, uh, I wonder if you guys can tell me if there are any uh, Raptors farm team coaches from either of these two countries. We are sticking with African Cup of Nations qualifying. We have uh, Burundi versus Central African Republic. Conlon, over to you. Um, I know acronyms have treated Hope well, so I will take CAR to win 2-1. All right, uh, Hope. Um, I, <laughs> I think, I think uh, Jeffrey Kondogbi is from Central African Republic. I might be wrong entirely, and he might not be on that team. But I, because I think he is, he's going to be winning that match two uh, 0 And since I know absolutely no players or anyone from either of those two countries off the top of my head, we're going to call this one a one-one draw. All right, uh, so moving over to World Cup qualifying uh, from Europe. Our first match is Montenegro taking on the vast island of Gibraltar. So, Conlon, over to you. Uh, I feel like this one will be pretty one-sided, but you never know. I, I think we can safely say it'll be pretty one-sided with Montenegro winning 4-0. And Hope. Yeah, whenever Gibraltar play, it's like it's not a question of will Gibraltar win or lose. It's a question of how much Gibraltar will lose by. Um, will Montenegro lose their cool and let a goal in? I don't think so. I think Montenegro is going to win three nil. So that was definitely the problem with doing internationals for these random predictions because I feel like a lot of internationals are so like. A lot of them are one-sided, right? Like with the random, with the club hey, teams. It's a, it's a I have no idea who week, they are, man. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, Get those I'm points gonna, back. <laughs> I'm going to have to stick with the boys here. Uh, Montenegro, clear cut favorite. But I think I'm gonna, we're going to go with the more conservative 2 0 scoreline just to try and maintain the lead at the top. Uh, moving on, sticking with Europe, uh, maybe more of a closer battle, but I'm really not sure. Um, maybe you guys know more than me, but the whole beauty of this is we're not supposed to know anything. So we have Belarus taking on Estonia in a matchup of uh, two f- maybe forgotten European teams. Um, Conlon, what do you think? I will say I don't know many players or any. I know Belarus is surprisingly decent at hockey but that doesn't really help me at all when it comes to making this prediction. So I'm just going to say one, one. Um, I do know a little bit about Belarus football because when COVID first struck and a bunch of, a bunch of, um, well, mostly all the leagues and sports, regardless of it just being soccer shut down, Korean baseball and Belarusian soccer were one of the few things that kept going. And so I watched a ton of Belarus soccer. And let me tell you what, 
there are Brazilians playing in Belarus, but they're not on the Belarusian team. <laughs> but I do know some of these guys. So I'm going to give it to Belarus 2-1. So Colin brought up hockey, and I was also going to take a hockey angle uh, because I know that the uh, legendary Montreal Canadian players, the Kostitsin twins, are from Belarus. What a name. Yeah, Andre Sergei Kostitsin. Uh, very underwhelming because they got into the uh, nose beers, if you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Also, I hope they brought up the fact that there are Brazil uh, Brazilians uh, in Belarus. And I feel like Brazilians are kind of like the Canadian hockey players of soccer, where there's just on every <laughs> single team in the world, on every single <laughs> hockey team in the world, there's a Canadian player. And on every single soccer team somewhere there, you'll find a Brazilian. So with that knowledge, uh, we're also going to take Belarus. Uh, and I'm going to go with a Richard scoreline 3-1. Uh, sticking in Europe, um, we have, we're going to the UEFA U21 Championships. Uh, so they're doing a bit weird this year. Uh, the group stage is happening like this week or over the next two weeks. And then in the summer, uh, they are going with the like round of 16 and the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Uh, so this is just a group stage. Uh, we have Hungary U21s versus Romania U21s. Uh, Colin, kick us off. Well, I know back in what the 50s, Hungary, 50s or 60s, Hungary was one of the best, uh, one of the deep powers in world football. But, you know, that was 50 years ago. So, again, like Belarus being decent at hockey, that doesn't actually help me out here. So I will take... This is group stage, you said, right? So yeah. there, there doesn't have to be a winner. I think it'll be 2 2. It'll be a bunch of young guys trying to go for it. So it'll be maybe a bit more goals than some of the other games. Sorry, I was just holding because there was a, uh, you were you were lagging for my screen. Oh. Um, yeah. Might have just been me. And also, there's a dog barking. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably hear that. <laughs> Shut up, Jackson. Was Romania that team that? all shaved their head and died at blonde yes yes it was so like you picked this and i feel like you picked this did you did adrian tell you to pick this or did you pick this on purpose no because I there's all like, these on my own <laughs> okay because as as is traditional at uh soccer group chat where we we make fun of nick about not knowing what type of landmass gibraltar is we also like to talk about the siege of constantinople <laughs> <laughs> and Orban was a Hungarian engineer born in Romania who helped Prince or Sultan Mehmed II build the cannons that helped lay siege to Constantinople that led to the fall of Constantinople, leading it to leading to its eventual turn into um, what do they even call it today? I still call it Istanbul. Um, so so because for continuity's sake, I'm going to take the sons of Orban, even though he was born in what is today Romania. Um, Hungary U21s are winning 2-0. Bust down those walls. No genuine <laughs> can save you. <laughs> I have exactly nothing to add, so I'm going to take 1-1. One, one. <laughs> <laughs> you seriously didn't add that because of... <laughs> No, no, I just picked that because I a random like I just picked a random U twenty one game. Amazing. 
I'm like, he oh, definitely yeah. picked this for continuity's um, sake. Straight death. I literally don't know anything about the siege of Constantinople other than what you guys talk about on soccer group chat. So like I learned so much from this podcast. It's amazing. So next we're going to a game that means nothing to anybody. Uh, it's a friendly Northern Ireland versus USA. Uh, Conlon. So unfortunately out of the two games, this is the one where almost half the team leaves and goes back to their, uh, back to their parent clubs so I'm not predicting, I don't think this is going to be a good game, but especially considering the last time the U.S. played together was, they might have played in October. I don't know. Either way, it's going to be a terrible game. They shouldn't be playing. We've been through this. I don't know why they're playing, especially for a friendly, but I am going to watch it and the U.S. is going to win 1-0. Who's the Northern Irish uh, center back that used to be on United? Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans. With Leicester now. I assume so. That's actually a good point. Um, cut because of where they're playing, I don't really. Just a okay. reminder: we're not allowed to do any research. So, if you I mean, didn't all know I going in. all I know about Northern Ireland is that uh, is that Johnny Evans used to be there, and Chelsea used to have a Northern Irish uh, youth player who obviously went on loan hell, named George Savile. Um, so, so with that representation of Northern Ireland, I think that's good enough to win 1-0 against the United States depleted team. Yeah, Northern Ireland is not a powerhouse by any means, but nor are they a pushover. But I still think USA is going to push them over. Even with their depleted team, it's going to be a good game for the U.S. like deaf players that I don't really know to, uh, to show their medal. So we're going to say that U.S. is going to take this 1-2-1. One, one. I mean, in theory, Pulisic will still be there. Yeah, Pulisic, Jossie Zardes, yeah, Bobby Wood, Serginho Dest. No Zardes, no Zardes, no Zardes. It's how, I know I was shocked. Like, how is he going to show them what the MLS is all about? <laughs> is Zach Steffen going to start? Yeah. And who's definitely. oh? Uh, there's an American that plays for Fulham too. Anthony Robinson, Robinson, and Tim Ream. And Tim Ream. Fulham. Tim Ream, yeah. But um, Robin Robinson and Dest will probably start as the fullbacks. Jeff Cameron still playing. Isn't that guy crazy? He's like a crazy like no, yeah, I think he's like now. storming the capital or something. Yeah, um, he's, he's QAnon, man. Oh yeah. no, he was he was leading the line uh, to, up the steps there. Nah, I always really liked him too as a player, and I was so angry when Bruce Arena dropped him during our uh, World Cup. Last I saw, he was like the captain, or at least captained QPR for a game. So I think he's still on QPR. I thought he was doing pretty okay. He's probably like 48 years old. So Yeah, he's not young. Q and on PR. Queens Park reasons. (laughs) They'll always be that to me. Who's the guy who went from Dallas to Roma? There was like a a 20. Yeah, like a 20 year old. No, it was like this window. It was like this transfer window. Um, What was his name? Oh, uh, Brian Reynolds. Yeah, Brian Reynolds. Yeah, this is his yes. first. He hasn't had a cap yet, but he's called up. Oh wow! Yes, states are loaded. Yeah, maybe with, these, like, maybe these games won't suck. Actually, but. <laughs> it'll they'll be interesting at least. Uh, uh, so, on this, just before we move on, uh, um, was kicking around the soccer ball the other day with a, a guy who's a Barcelona fan. So because uh, Sergino Dest is on there, 
I want to, it's like, oh, like, how's Des been doing? Expecting like a pretty good answer. And it was just, oh, he's poor. I don't think he's going to get any better. He's really bad. <laughs> Didn't he just <laughs> not, score not a goal this last weekend? Yeah, he apparently had an absolutely great game this last weekend. So I think this was before that. So I, I hope he's, I hope he's wrong. This Barcelona fan is actually Nick Lasacco. <laughs> Even though he claims to be a Crystal Palace fan, he has every flag behind him except for Crystal Palace. Yep. One thing I wanted to say before we move on to Conlon, my Manchester United stock is absolutely in the toilet. And I just found out, I was reading an article, that they signed a shirt sponsorship with a German streaming company that his name team I don't even viewer. know. Yeah, TeamViewer. That's worth £17 million less than their Chevrolet deal. So it's, it's worth it to just, not that I have anything against Chevrolet, but it's worth it just to not have that huge Chevy <laughs> logo across the, yeah. the chest. I agree. Like I preferred when you just had some boring, like Chicago-based insurance company, I think Aon. <laughs> Before that was AIG, but then technically we were being shirt sponsored by the US government for a little bit oh, wow. uh, around the bailout. So no, I prefer uh, America's team. Yeah, oh, Jeff yeah. Cameron on, on the front of the shirt. Uh, but I just want to say that because I don't think that stock is ever going to go green. Uh, I guess it makes sense because they do wear red. Anyway, uh, to another team that I think wears red, maybe, I don't know, North Macedonia taking on Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein? Conlon? North Macedonia's flag is, is yellow with a red sun, but I don't know why I think that. Or is it red with a yellow sun? <laughs> My North Macedonia flag is on the wall. Depends on your you perspective. <laughs> oh. is, it, is it gold and white or blue and yeah. white stripes? Um, so what was I doing again? Right. Uh, predicting. I mean, Liechtenstein's one of those, like Gibraltar, the minnows, you know they're going to lose. It's just how much are they going to lose by? So I will say that North Macedonia, with all the pent-up frustration of being forced to change the name of their country, thanks to Greece, are going to beat Liechtenstein 3-0. 3-0. I'm on the same train. Um which is which is disappointing because like when I was a kid, I thought Liechtenstein was great just because of a knight's tale because Heath Ledger plays a character who they call Sir Oric von Lichtenstein and Paul Bettany introduces him as if he were like a boxer every time. <laughs> Amazing Sir Oric von Lichtenstein. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no, he's not from, well, I don't know. They, they call him von Lichtenstein, but he's from Gelderland. He's from like Gelderland, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. And I was so disappointed at like, Liechtenstein, there's not much to it. It's not that cool. <laughs> a couple um, castles, some nice hills. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you tried to play soccer on a hill before. Mm-hmm. But um, I did have a economics professor in my healthcare economics course in university who used to teach in North Macedonia. Shout out to Uggie Burkock. Um, huh. So North Macedonia is winning to 3 now. 3 now. Did you have Burkock, Colin? Yeah, my only economics class I had Burkock. And first class, I was wearing a uh, England Rooney jersey, and he made me stand up in front of the entire lecture hall. 
It's like, I don't like that shirt. Does anybody know what shirt that is? He did that. He did that to someone wearing a uh, United shirt in our, in <laughs> our first, like, a, I'm just like, Oh, is he going to call him a dickhead? He didn't call him a dickhead, <laughs> but he's just like, you don't wear that again. Now who would like to guess my background ethnicity? <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty uh, much the way the first class went. It was a lot of fun. This this Burkhawk sounds like a great, great guy. So with that information, uh, North Macedonia is going to take this one 2-0. Uh, all right, now two games that we should theoretically know more about, but it's okay if we don't. Um, sticking with World Cup qualifying in Europe, uh, the Three Lions, football is coming home. Uh, are taking on Albania home to Syria Adian. So England versus Albania. Uh, Conlon, what do you think the outcome of this game is going to be? I mean, with England, they always have the opportunity to disappoint you, but all due respect to the residents of Tirana, I don't think they're going to lose to Albania. It's going to be 3-1. Hope, are you thinking along similar lines? I am thinking on very similar lines, even though the three lions is three counts of appropriation because there is no lion. There are no lions in England. Um, I do still think they're going to get three goals. Um, So they're going to win three, one, just like what Conlon said and what Richard has down. But Albania are going to get that goal from future Chelsea legend Armando Broja. Yeah, England, England's obviously one of the better teams. And Harry Kane is on form, I think. But I don't even know if he's going to play. I don't know. Do we, but I think England... I don't think they're going to wipe the floor with this game because Albania has some good players. Uh, so we're going to go 2-0. I mean, they were in the last Euros, and I remember do, them doing pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, it's not going to be an easy game, but... Yeah, and I also think, like, I don't know who England is lining up at center back, but, you know, they're going to let in a goal. <laughs> Maguire and Stones, maybe. Probably. probably Dyer. Who else they have? Oh, yeah, Dyer. Menzies. Dyer How did Tamori not get in the team if we're talking about form here? Still holding out for that Canada call-up. Yeah. No, he's already I, capped for England. I thought he's already capped. Oh, uh, and not in not a friendly as well? I think so. Yeah. Oh, well. That'd be amazing though if he if he if he pulled a Mikhail Antonio and just said screw it, I'm going over. Do you guys see that? Antonio chose Jamaica over. Yeah, I did. Antonio decided that seven years too late. Yeah. yeah. How like, old is despite he? being in good form, I don't think he was ever going to get maybe more than like one call up in a friendly or yeah. uh, like when everyone else is fit. So I think it's a good choice. Get to play some international. Jamaica has a chance. They're top five in CONCACAF, so they're automatically yeah. in the final qualifying round. They're in the hex, right? I was, yeah. or the, I was the eight person them. hex this year. It is. Yeah, the oct. They changed the format. Oct. Oct. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was looking at the the table and I didn't see Jamaica there, and I was like, but I didn't see US or Mexico either. So I assume they advanced yeah. already. It's so, like a weird thing based off FIFA rankings, where the top yeah. five are in the final round and then everyone else has to go through like a group stage and a playoff and three teams get through. Cause Antonio and Leon, like Leon Bailey is good too. So that's kind of a good, like that's two, well, two yeah. good players the, to build around. I guess they the U S plays that's the U S first game in this uh, away trip is against Jamaica. So presumably uh-huh. Antonio's playing. Jamaica's a competitive team in CONCACAF. Like let's yeah. not, yeah. let's not, um, not take them seriously. They're, they're, 
they're a solid yeah. side and exactly. they they're super chill too because after Leicester won the league uh, Jamaica was meant to play in the gold cup um like I think it was like in the opening round and Wes Morgan, you would expect to line up at center back for them, but he was held out of the team. And the official reason was because he was partying. <laughs> so that's got great. Jamaica for that. Uh, sticking in Europe for our next game. Uh, we have Bulgaria home to Victor crumb versus <laughs> Italy. Uh, the Azuri. Uh, so will Victor crumb beat, the Azuri, uh, Conlin, what do you think? I mean, no, because Victor Crum is a selfish player who ended the game while his team still had a chance to win, but he wanted all the glory. So he caught the snitch when they were, and they ended the game, what, 10 points behind. All they needed was one, one more, uh, goal. So I don't, I don't think he's a team player. And when you have a pack of individuals like Victor Crum playing against Italy, I think Italy's going to win. Conlon also despises any fictional character that's laid his hands on his girl, Hermione Granger. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, I rewatched some of the Harry Potter movies recently and I was telling Conlon during the scene where it's the, the Quidditch World Cup, I'm like, oh, it's really interesting that they're, that they're like walk in all these countries their entrance is like flying to fireworks that form an incredibly stereotypical image of their country (laughs) and they dance around to it um italy wasn't part of the quidditch world cup that i saw um and so they were spared that sadness so because of that italy is going to win uh for nah two nil for the record, okay. I do like Victor Crumb. I just think Seekers get way too much credit in Quidditch. The Chasers and Beaters and Keepers do all the work, and the Seeker just flies around doing nothing for the majority of the game until they see the ball. I just think snitch. that, I mean, I would argue that the sneak, like the Seeker, I mean, the Seeker is the hardest job. Right, because you have to have you have to have such good vision. You have to have such good eyesight. Well, you have to be able done. to spot a. You have to be able to spot a walnut-sized golden ball with wings. No, it's not around this big. It's field. not a easy job. But and, and then so if you catch time. if you catch the snitch, it's worth 150 points. Yeah. Whereas it's like worth a too many points. Is, whereas a seeker, it's 10 points, 10 points here, 10 points here, 10 points there. They get too much glory for not doing enough work. When you really break down Quidditch, though, it seems like the rest of the game is pointless in a way. If you could just like that's the issue. If you could just like, oh shit, this guy caught this flying loony, uh, game's over, and they just like got ten times the amount of points I can get by doing my job. It's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy. If, if an but... 11-year-old who's never ridden a broom can walk into a team with a bunch of 16, 17-year-olds and immediately be the star, it can't be that hard position. You just described the shooting guard position and Kobe Bryant in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is Something impeccable special. analysis. Uh, I am also going to take Italy because Italy, what you guys said, Italy is a complete team. Bulgaria is a... Uh, one man squad. Um, Italy's going to take this one, but I still think Italy has the potential to disappoint. So we're going to say that it's going to be one nil. And to cap this random predict, this Adrian list 
random prediction off. We are going to discuss the country that we all know, that we all love, that we all live in, uh, that we all agree, I think, is a good... I don't know where I'm going with this. We have Cayman Islands taking on Canada <laughs> in World Cup qualifying. Hope I brought Canada up earlier. Uh, Alfonso Davies leading the line. No Jonathan David. No Jonathan Osorio. But this is more about the players who are there than the players who aren't there. And I watched a decent amount of CONCACAF games, Gold Cup, uh, Nations League, even though I don't know why that exists. I don't think I've ever seen the Cayman Islands play. So and when I have seen Canada play, and they can be pretty good at points these days. So unsurprisingly, I will take... Going against Richard's 3-1 Cayman Islands victory prediction, I will take Canada winning 5-1. Actually, 5-5-0. I don't think they're going to let in a goal. You expect five goals from Canada? If Alfonso Davies is playing up the field, like it's been hinted he might. I mean, I just can't imagine the Cayman Islands is going to be very good. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I don't think... <laughs> five goals is a lot of goals. I don't know the last time Canada scored yeah. five goals. I mean, look, some of these country. have been a bit ambitious, I think. Um, no, but I like the prediction. I like the prediction because I, I like that enthusiasm about Canada going forward. Um, like Nick said, there's a bunch of players being held out that I wish were playing. Also, there's like what the under 23 tournament or under 21 tournament going on right now where certain Canadian players are playing on that team that like I would have over certain players on the Canadian team, like Jaquil Marshall Ruddy, as Tate. well as uh, Tejon Buchanan. Yeah, I saw. So like, place. so it's not like we're. I mean, again, against Cayman Islands, it shouldn't be a matter of <laughs> whether or not they can do it. It should be how much they do it by. I think they're going to win three nil. Ah, uh, yeah, and I, I'm along the same lines with these guys. I mean, Canada's not a power, not yet, but Cayman Islands are a minnow. Yeah, with Alfonso Davies leading the line and with other guys who play in top leagues, they should they should take this one fairly easily. Uh, it'll be a, a good game to see how the team gels and how John Herdman lines up his squad. Uh, but to go a little more conservative than these two guys, because again, we're playing to win, uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Canada. I will say that um, Canada, sorry, just to slide this in there, Canada doesn't have the excuse of a bad, bad pitch conditions plaguing them like the United States had in their devastating loss to Trinidad and Tobago. They will be playing the match in Orlando, Florida, I think, as a neutral site, which the Canadian team is familiar with because they've been training at that ground during call-ups and breaks for at least the last eight months, so... And the last time they played the U.S., that terrible game you were talking about earlier, I want to say that was in Orlando as well. So Canada is looking for some good luck down in Orlando. And as Adrian would say, we're looking for some better luck at getting into your ears. So you could find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean. Uh, follow our Instagram for some more social content. And sometimes we post videos on YouTube and on TikTok. Uh, so thanks for listening and hope to see you next time.